Welcome to this week's episode of Life Talks with Lex. I'm your host, Coach Lex, a self-development and leadership empowerment coach. And we have got quite the show today. I know we went a little deep in episode two with relationships, but you know me, we're only going deeper. Today's show is all about vulnerability. I hope you stick around. So again, before we begin this episode, I need to take a brief moment of gratitude and I need to thank every single one of you that have been listening to this show and have shown support in a number of ways. Those of you that have subscribed to the show, rated the show on Spotify, rated and reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. Shout out to Cast2293 who left an incredibly thoughtful review that just moved me to tears. This show is for you. It's for all of you. I make this show for every single one of you to take what resonates and leave the rest. So I am so thankful to those of you that have reached out and said you are loving the show. You are loving the content. You've loved the perspectives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to those of you also that weighed in on the poll that I posted last episode. If you're listening on the Spotify platform, you can find those polls, which are completely anonymous, so you can just weigh in. No one has to know it was you. Um, and it's a cool, quick, fun way to see how we're all connected through this human experience. Hint, hint, we are. Um, and... I'm going to post another poll at the end of this episode, so if you are feeling courageous, you want to engage, please weigh in. It's more fun that way. Um, It's no fun if I can't engage with you guys and see your perspectives and hear your thoughts. That is the best part of this. One of the best things I've done so far was send out that relationship survey where everyone was able to anonymously weigh in on their perspectives And it was so awesome just seeing how similar we were, how different we were, but how still united we were in the conversation around the topic. So please, please, please do not hesitate to comment um, in the comment section on either platform with your questions that you'd like to see answered, interests that you'd like to see explored, um, thoughts around the topics that we discuss because I'd love to feature those in the show and include all of you um, on some level. And if you don't feel comfortable commenting in those sections, you can just email me directly. My email is listed in the description of the show, and I will also provide it at the end of this episode. Um, But So much love, so much gratitude for every single one of you that have tuned into Life Talks with Lex and are enjoying this show and making this show possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, without further ado, let's get deep, y'all. Let's just take a deep breath. Because we have a heavy topic today. And as you can tell, I have no problem getting right to the heart of things. Because it's episode three. And I was like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Like, just straight to vulnerability. (laughs) And I know some of you are like, man, this girl don't quit. Why do we got to tackle this tough stuff right out the gate? Can't we ease into it? No, we can't. That's not my style. I just cover the real stuff. And if you would have asked me to cover vulnerability 10 years ago, it would have sounded a lot different. Because I would have told you vulnerability? You mean looking weak? You mean getting hurt? Being taken advantage of? Getting abused? Yeah, it's a trap. Don't let anyone see you're vulnerable. Don't let anyone know. And that would have been the end of it. (laughs) And now, 
I'm like, that's a myth. Now I'm actually excited to explore the topic. But I held on to those beliefs for like 10 years or more. 10 years or more. This just seemed like a natural flow of energy from last week's episode. We tackled relationships and vulnerability is the one thing that truly makes us all human. It's the one thing that we share. It's the one thing that I see as the peak point of connection. But we're constantly trying to escape it. We're constantly trying to avoid it because it's scary. You know, my girl, Brene Brown, loves to explore vulnerability. She writes about it. She researches it. She holds space for it. And I love the work she does around vulnerability, not just in personal relationships, not just when it comes to ourselves, but in the workplace as well. And we'll get into that. But Brene says... Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. It's the birthplace. Which means in order to access all of those incredible states of being, in order to experience those feelings, those desires, we have to be vulnerable first. In order to love, in order to experience true joy and belonging and empathy, we have to be vulnerable. I'm going to assume that some of the following statements are true. For some of you or all of you listening, I'm going to assume that all of you listening could resonate or relate to some of the following statements. And I don't know all of you, but I'm willing to bet that that will be the case. Some of us absolutely hate being vulnerable. We think it's really hard to have tough conversations And put our feelings out there. We find it really hard to expose our innermost thoughts, secrets, insecurities, etc. Some of us have bulletproof armor, shields, battleship walls so high no one can climb them. So vulnerability is not even in our vocabulary. We're like defense mode 2000. Some of us have really validated the idea that if we are vulnerable, we're going to get hurt. So we don't like doing it. Some of us, in the same regard, have made up our minds that getting hurt is a bad thing. And if we aren't vulnerable, we can avoid being hurt. We can avoid pain and suffering if we're not vulnerable. We don't believe that it's inevitable in the human experience. Some of us have gone through something incredibly traumatic because we were vulnerable. And so the thought of being vulnerable again is unfathomable. Some of us believe if we are vulnerable, we are unlovable. If we show who we truly are, all of our pain, our scars, our bruises, 
others will not love us in the same way. Some of us, however, have been vulnerable and found that vulnerability brought us an opportunity to be loved and to love. Some of us have been vulnerable for the first time and fell in love. And some of us have been vulnerable for the first time and gotten our heart broken. Some of us are learning right now how to hold space for vulnerability and have been challenged in certain ways that have questioned our ideas about what it means to be vulnerable. How do I know this? Because we're all human. And all of those feelings, all of those experiences, all of those conditions are a part of life. If you're not feeling them right now, you probably have at some point. And we're all connected in that. See, that's the beautiful thing about vulnerability. We're all connected through it. So we do all this avoiding and like hiding from what we have perceived as some sort of weakness, some sort of unlovable state of being. And the only thing we do through that is isolate. We drive a wedge between ourselves, each other, and our ability to connect on a much deeper level. And going back to the survey that I sent out, the relationship survey that many of you weighed in on, Going back to what we wish was different in our relationships, the themes around what we desire, presence, balance, and quality time, all of which require us to be vulnerable. And what does vulnerability guarantee? It guarantees that you will fail and that you will hurt and you will feel pain. But it also guarantees that you will feel joy and you will feel love and you will connect with yourself, with others, with the world on a much deeper level. So if you will feel pain and you will get hurt and you will also have joy and experience love and deeper connections, then what the hell is this thing anyway? What is vulnerability? What does that actually look like? If it's not me looking weak, if it's not me being susceptible, which it is, it's you being susceptible to all of life's conditions, because we all are. But if it's not you (laughs) just going into this thing saying, okay, I'm ready to get hurt. Nobody likes that. It's not fun. What is it? Vulnerability is an acknowledgement and a willingness to be completely who you are in the circumstances that you live in, that you've been through, as you are with yourself with others, with the world. You show up with all your strengths, all your struggles, all your pain, all your trauma, all your secrets, and you own it. You own it. And you say, this is me. I exist as I am. I understand I might be judged, but this is me. I have the courage to be vulnerable and stand in my truth. And 
When you do that, by the way, it makes things a hell of a lot easier. And here's why. Because you're not having to wonder who you can trust, who loves you for you, who's going to stick around when they find out. And I'm not saying you have to put everything all out there on the table at once. I'm just saying start with you. Start holding space for you. So I'm going to share a story with you guys today. And it's a really awful, embarrassing, vulnerable story. So if you stick with me through this story, God bless you. Because <laughs> it's embarrassing. But it's about my experience with vulnerability and how that changed for me in my life on a huge level. Because I had previously been vulnerable. I think I was, I started practicing vulnerability when I was about 19. And I started letting go of kind of all of this anger and this trauma and this, this, pain that I had kept buried for so long and I had to be really vulnerable when I went to therapy and I started fighting my eating disorder and healing on an emotional and mental level and I grew a lot from that experience so I was familiar with vulnerability and I was familiar with what that meant. And I thought I was doing a great job of being vulnerable at that point. I had made a decision to leave college in my first semester and got judged very harshly for that because um, everyone had all of these big plans and dreams for me and I was an academic all-star and whatever. And I still had to do it because it was either I stayed or I lived. I couldn't do both. And no one understood that. So I did understand what it meant to be vulnerable, but not like this. So let me begin the story. It was my 23rd birthday. And for those of you that know me, know I, you know I have the most inconvenient birthday ever. It's so close to Christmas. No one is usually around to celebrate or do anything, which is fine. It's close to Christmas. People are traveling for the holidays. They have spent a lot of money. Um, you know, they have prior commitments. And so it's, it's a tough time of year to do anything concrete. And so I usually go away for my birthday. Well, this year, this particular year was no different. In the fall of that year, and it must have been 2017, 2018, I'm not sure. I got wind that one of my favorite NBA players, Gordon Hayward, who I had followed since he was on the uh, Utah Jazz, got signed to my favorite NBA team, which is the Celtics. And I was psyched. I mean, I was so happy. I immediately looked up the schedule. I found out that the Celtics were playing the Knicks on my actual birthday. So I already had birthday plans in like October. I was like, oh, I'm going to the city. I have a hotel. Like it's a done deal. I get to see my NBA crush play a game in green, it's going to be incredible. Those of you that watch NBA sports <laughs> know what happened the first game of that season. Gordon Hayward broke his leg on national television, and that was the end of his season. So already a huge damper on my 23rd birthday plans. But I was still determined when the day came to have a good birthday. You know, I went and I had a hair appointment. I got my hair done. I got really nice gifts. Um, my best friend, 
who is an incredible pastry chef. If you, if any of you need cakes, beautiful quality cakes, look up Joss Bakes on Instagram. I'm getting sidetracked. I'll drop her info in the, in the episode description, but incredible. She made me this incredible cannoli cake. It was awesome. I was having a great day. I mentioned there's usually no one around to go um, on an excursion with me this time of year for my birthday, and there wasn't. I ended up recruiting one of our mutual friends who I worked with at the time, and you know, he didn't know anything about NBA basketball, but he was just willing to accompany me on the train and have a good time, and, and that's what we did. So I leave the house, I meet him on the train, we get to the city, I start drinking a lot of champagne. And then I start drinking a lot of tequila. And you know this story doesn't end well. (laughs) So first thing I know, I'm in the stands at Madison Square Garden watching the beginning of the game. And the next thing I know, I'm in the bathroom at Madison Square Garden, locked in a stall, sitting on the floor, probably the dirtiest floor in New York City, sitting on the floor, sick as a dog. Not only am I sitting on the floor locked in this bathroom stall, sick as a dog, I'm now sobbing on the floor. And while I'm sobbing and vomiting on the floor of MSG, I decide it's a great idea to call my ex-boyfriend at the time, or whatever he was, situationship, whatever you want to call it, who I thought should have been there with me. Because he was a Knicks fan, I was a Celtics fan, it would have been a good opportunity to go to the city, spend a night there, have a lot of fun, and have a good birthday. Because, you know, I felt he owed me that. And (laughs) so now I'm, I'm now vomiting, crying, and screaming on the phone to him about, you should have been here. Why did you leave me like this? It, it was, it was embarrassing. So I have it in my head. You know what? I'm locked in this stall. No one is passing this threshold. Like no one is getting in here. I refuse to let anyone in this stall. I'm on the ground. Leave me on the ground. Because that's where I need to be right now. I don't know, I must have been in the stall for about 20 minutes and then I hear knocking on the stall. And I hear a woman outside the stall say, are you okay, are you okay? Can you open the door, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, you know, through my sobbing. And she wasn't buying it. So eventually she finds a way to get in the bathroom stall and I'm like mortified. And she leans down and she puts out her arm and she's like, come on, let's get you cleaned up. So now I'm sobbing even more, like uncontrollably sobbing because now I have to walk out into this public restroom where there are a ton of people who have now heard me crying and sobbing and screaming on the phone and throwing up. And I don't know what I'm gonna do because this is this is mortifying. So she walks me to the sink and she's, you know, she's like, honey, it's okay. It's okay. This happens to all of us. It happens. It happens. And I'm like sobbing and I'm I say to her, No, 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 but it doesn't happen to me. It doesn't happen to me. So she gets me cleaned up and she walks me outside and I 
I uh, find my friend who has our best friend on the phone and, you know, the one that made the cake. And I just love her. I mean, we've been friends at this point for 15 years and she has been there for all of my most vulnerable moments. So this was no different. She wasn't physically there, but she was on the phone and she said to me, Lex, it's okay. She said, you've had a really tough year. And I know this is not how you envisioned your birthday. But just let it out. Let it out. You deserve to to let it out. If this is what you need to do right now, allow yourself to do it. Go back to your hotel room. Cry some more. Whatever you need to do. We love you. And so that's exactly what I did. My friend left, took a train home. And shame set in very quickly. I mean, I was in that room in the dark, still sobbing, still hating myself and realizing there were no do-overs. Like, (laughs) birthday comes once a year. Like, this is, this one's going down in history as probably the second to worst birthday you've ever had, Lex. So I woke up the next morning and I was in such a daze. I was in a daze walking to the train station, walking to Grand Central. I remember getting a bacon, egg, and cheese because I needed it. And I was on a daze on the train, just sort of numb. And for some reason, these words kept playing over and over and over again in my head. But it doesn't happen to me. But it doesn't happen to me. But it doesn't happen to me. And I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, I really did say those words. And I couldn't believe it because in that point of my life, I had very much been a person who held space for everyone and loved everything about people that made them imperfect and imperfectly human. And... I could never understand why no matter how much space I held for others, no one would do the same for me is kind of how I felt. Like most of my friend group and strangers and family and teachers and most of them would just say, you know, Alexis is strong. She's good. She's always happy. She's resilient. Like we, we don't need to worry about her. She has the tools and the skills you know, to get through a tough time. And while that was true, I was like, yeah, but I'm human too. I'm human too. Like, why is there no one around when I'm having a bad day? Why doesn't anyone know to be there or know to ask? And boom. There was the answer. right in front of me. No one sees the human in you, Lex, because not even you do. Not even you hold space for you. So why should anyone else? And that was a hard pill to swallow because that was true. I refuse to let people think I wasn't strong. I wasn't resilient. I could keep fighting. I could get back up. I was I was advertising that to the entire world. Of course no one asked. That moment changed 
everything for me. I look back now and it's incredible because I didn't want to live in that bathroom stall at MSG. It was it was lonely. It was painful. I was God, I was in so much pain. And it was isolating. When the attendant came and got me, it was odd. It was as if, like, I knew I was walking out into this public space and I was just waiting for the whole world to be judging me. And ironically enough, in that moment, I remember just experiencing that moment, me and her. So it was surreal. It was like, an angel sent to me from above because this was a pivotal moment in my life. After this moment, I took every opportunity to be vulnerable. When I was in pain, when I was going through a tough time, I let people know, know, not in a disrespectful way, just, hi, I'm really struggling today. I don't think I can hold space for X, Y, and Z. I was just honest about it because I was honest with myself. I was honest about the capacity in which I had to offer others if I didn't have for myself. And I was really going through it that year. I was moving out of another home seven years later after I had done it the first time, again, not by choice. And I was dealing with some really tough, traumatic, triggering things. I was not in a good relationship, not in a good headspace, but I was still working, I was still moving, I was still going to school. And yet again, I had not given myself the time and the space to grieve and to be vulnerable. Only when it happened seven years prior, I didn't take that opportunity. At 16, I just got angry. And I gave that opportunity away to my addiction. Because that, in my eyes, was less painful than having to show up and be be vulnerable. Was that actually the case? Of course not. Because that changed the entire trajectory of my life. I had to leave college. I had to. But these are the things that we tell ourselves. So if you're still here, if you've stuck with me through this story, I thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable with you. But we all have these stories. We could all sit together in a room right now and share an experience like this. And I'm not talking about drunky, drunk, messy stories where we're crying on bathroom floors because I'm sure we all have those too. But we can all share an experience of what it means to be vulnerable. And for some of us, it may have changed the way we show up and the way we show up for others. And for others, it may not have. For others, it might still be really scary. So the question is, did a drunk, teary night on the bathroom floor of MSG really change my life after that? And the answer is yes. I can tell you that by the age of 25, I had experienced more compassion, more joy, more authenticity, more love, and more connection. And I had attracted more things into my life that I had to be grateful for. And that's incredible when you think about it. Over the course of two years, just consciously practicing and being vulnerable, holding space for vulnerability, taking off this bulletproof armor and letting go of the idea of having to get back up and keep fighting, never show anyone you're hurting, being perfect, 
That's still one I struggle with. But after two years of consciously practicing that quality of my life greatly improved. And you're saying, but that's just an embarrassing like drug story. Like how did that have the power to change your life? Like I get you were vulnerable, but how did that have anything to do with the quality of your life? Because it changed my self-concept. It forced me to become aware of how I was showing up in the world. That had been a big question for me this human, unhuman quality of myself, I could not answer until that moment. It showed me what I needed to work on big time. And that happens for all of us. These opportunities are everywhere. You know they're everywhere. Right now, I'm going through a coaching program called Positive Intelligence. It's also a book, great book, great concept, great practice, written by Shirzad Shamin. And what this teaches is that there is great opportunity in our challenges. There's always a gift in our challenge, in our suffering, in our pain. And there is, but it's up to you. It's your choice, whether you choose to be conscious of it, whether you choose to be aware and make a change in your life. And that requires vulnerability. But the payoff, the payoff is so great. So now that I've shared a personal story and I've shared how these opportunities in our personal experience show up for us to take a look at the way we are vulnerable. I want to share with you how this concept of vulnerability also relates to our professional relationships. And you're thinking, really? Because what's the first thing that you hear at the workplace? People say, Whatever you're going through at home, whatever you're dealing with at home, if you're having a bad day, you got to leave that bad day at the door when you come here and put your work hat on. And you know, there is some truth. There is some value to to that. There's some value to uh, not allowing your bad moment to consume your entire day or a bad circumstance consume your entire day and your entire mood and your entire being. But it's a little unfair to say, okay, you know what? You're human, you're human, you're human until you get to work. Then I need you to not be human. I mean, that's kind of what we're saying to people. And it's a little crazy, you know, because we don't just switch it on and off. And I think that's part of the problem that we are facing with vulnerability because we've been designed to kind of turn it on and turn it off when it feels safe. Turn it on when it's not safe or turn it off when it's not safe. Turn it on when it feels safe. And we've just gotten to the point now because we spend so much of our time at work that we're like, you know what, maybe it's just not safe at all. Because if I turn it back on, I might not be able to turn it off and I don't know what's going to happen. By the time we get home from work, at the end of the day, after I've switched off my human and I've come home and now it's safe and okay to be human, what's happening at home now? It's bleeding in to all of our personal circumstances, all of our personal relationships and not in a good way. It's a little toxic if you ask me. But that's what happens. We start to act like this concept of being human is only okay in certain circumstances. And that's just insane to me. 
you want to read a really great book that solidifies the idea that vulnerability is actually a strength, a skill, a power within the workforce. Again, my girl, Brene Brown, Dare to Lead, the most incredible book, one of the most incredible books I've ever read. It's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, and it is incredible. Incredible. Because having tough conversations in the workplace, with boundaries, mind you, because what I'm, what I'm not saying is show up and be vulnerable and dump all over your coworkers, dump all over your boss, and your boss can dump all over you, and you have to hold space for that. No. No. There's no power over. There's power with. Brene talks about that in this book. There's no power over something. There's no power over people. There's power with people. There's power with acknowledgement of a conflict. Ownership of a mistake. No matter what your role is. Employee, manager, CEO, janitor. It does not matter. When we share in vulnerability, because we all share it anyway. So when we share it and we show up and we're honest about that, incredible things happen. Contrary to popular belief, it doesn't make us less productive. It doesn't make us less professional. It doesn't make us less respectable. It does more of all of those things. Because when we show up and we're going through something incredibly difficult in the workplace, we're facing layoffs, we're facing, you know, sales are down. I can go in and I can demand that you work like a robot, you work like a machine, but that's not sustainable. When we show up and we say, you know, this month has been really tough. I know we're going through changes as a team right now. And I know we're facing a lot of uncertainty. But I'm here with you. We're in this together. And we're going to figure it out together. When you give people the platform and the space to express, to connect, and you level with them, on a human level, they will. When you lead from that place, when you lead from within in that way, you never have to worry about asking someone to do something twice, wondering if the job will get done, any of that. Because behind a really strong leader, a leader that's not afraid to be vulnerable, have tough conversations, is a team that is unwavering. They're unbreakable because they share in this vulnerability. They share in this openness. It's a willingness to show up perfectly imperfect to show up during tough times and figure it out together and admit that yes we're struggling when we are vulnerable when we have a workplace that holds space for that the value of the work we do increases the team strengthens. It's remarkable. And when we show up with the ownership of our faults, our mistakes, our 
concerns, our fears, even our bad day. When we show up with that and we take accountability, we take acknowledgement of it, we have power with our pain. Because we know that having power over it only makes us angry. It only makes us guarded, impenetrable, isolated. But when we own it, we have power with it. We're standing in our truth. We're not forcing ourselves to do something with it. It opens up the door for someone to stand with us in that experience. For them to say, I hear you. I feel you. Can I help? I want to be here for you. True connection. There's more respect, there's more energy, there's more value. Where to lead, get the book. I can't do it justice in these 10 minutes or so that I've spoken about it on the podcast, but oh my God, it will change the way that you see work and the way that you view leadership incredibly. So overall, what is this saying? This is saying that in ourselves, in our personal relationships, in the workplace, and leadership, when we show up and we are willing to be vulnerable, we hold the key to sustainability. We hold the key because it's at the root of how we connect with one another, how we connect to the work that we do, how we connect to ourselves. And if we're willing to show up and say, you know what? I'm human. How about you? I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared to be imperfect. I'm not scared to make mistakes. There's actually value in that. It challenges those around us to say, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. I was kind of scared to show up that way. But you're right. Like, that's undeniable. If it were up to me, vulnerability and authenticity would be synonymous because I don't think you can have one without the other. For me, in order to be authentic, I have to be vulnerable. I have to be vulnerable with myself and I have to own my shit. If I don't, I don't have anything is what I've come to realize. I don't have anything in a real way. If I'm not vulnerable in my relationship, I'm not honest with myself, I'm not honest with my partner, how can I actually have that relationship? How do I have security? How do I have stability? How do I have sustainability? I don't. It is challenging. It is scary. It is painful. And it is not easy by any means. This takes work. That's why I call this the tough stuff. Because there's going to be pain. There's going to be failure. But that's going to happen anyway. Let me tell you something. You can live yourself, live yourself, live your life. You can live your life with shields and armor and pedestals that you sit upon. And strive to be perfect, avoid getting hurt, avoid being open, but you will not be joyful. You will not feel love. You will not feel compassion in the same way you would if you had done so, vulnerable. Failure, pain, Two of life's incredible conditions. 
are inevitable. We will all experience those things at one point or another. It's what makes us human and it's what makes this experience human. But boy, if there is an opportunity to be vulnerable and experience pain and hurt, but more joy and more love and more compassion and more acceptance because of it, I encourage you to take it. It's not easy. And I challenge you today to ask yourself, where is it that you're still having a tough time showing up vulnerable? Is it your romantic relationships? Is it your friendships? Is it with your family? Is it at work? And why? Just take a look at it. Because I guarantee all of you are struggling in some area. I still do. Food for thought. I love you guys. There will be a poll at the end of this episode on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify. And it will be about, yep, you guessed it. And if you choose to anonymously weigh in, I would be so grateful. I would be so grateful if you shared your courageous thoughts and you were vulnerable with me as I was today with you. But I understand if you don't want to be. You can shoot me an email if you'd like to as well. Thank you all for showing up to this incredibly tough episode, conscious conversation about the human experience and all of life's very tough conditions. I'm grateful for every single one of you. And I love you. Until next time. If you enjoyed today's episode of Life Talks with Lex, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. To stay current on all the latest from Coach Lex, you can find me on Instagram at Alexis Christie Coaching or shoot me an email, alexischristiecoaching at gmail.com with any comments, questions, concerns, or topics you'd like to see explored on the show. I look forward to hearing from all of you and I look forward to the next Conscious Conversation.